All right, welcome back to the big program. Is that a Christmas carol, Duke? What is that one? What's, what's going on here? Hey, eh? uh, Not a Christmas carol, but I mean, hey, it's Monday morning. Uh, still just crept over the 9 o'clock hour. Figure it uh, fitting. At least how I'm feeling. I'm beat this morning, Kev. After well, that, after that uh, thoroughbred type performance on the back end for the you Tropics missed, last night, you missed this, uh, Lorianne, at the top of the show. We were talking about uh, the fact that uh, the Tropicana Orangemen only had eight players last night, so the Duke was oh, full on uh, exhausted. Last and not night. so we we ran three D and the five forwards, which I think is probably pretty. This uh, is a normal shift here, man. Hundred yeah. percent. But my two fellow defensemen seemed pretty keen on taking some penalties, uh, including one, shout out Nav, took a double minor at one point. So then we only have two defensemen kill off the entire four-minute penalty. How's that for you? Wow. I'm an animal. And you guys, what was the score? Uh, 4-2 final. They got one uh, at, the, at the very end as well. But it was 2-2 it was two, two with three minutes left. How's that? Boy, you just nothing surprises, eh, with the Duke, Lorian? Um, that sounds like multiple VO2 maxes, one right <laughs> after the other, after the other, I don't after think the other. So. The, the benefit is that it, it keep remembering that it is still just beer league hockey, so it's really at my own discretion how uh, how hard I want to work on any given shift. Like, there's some, if, like, we move the puck up ice, I'm not leaving our no. own blue line. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> just wait, wait for them to come back and then, uh, you know... <laughs> no harm in icing the puck a hundred times in a row. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, time now for the game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Join in the holiday cheer. Help St. Albert Dodge fill their Ram 1500 with toys for the Salvation Army. Just stop in, say hi at the north end of St. Albert Trail. Bring in a toy, gift, whatever you can. Uh, fill up the Dodge 1500 and uh, have a Merry Christmas uh, for a lot of kids that uh, need it at the Salvation Army for sure. So uh, thanks to everybody at uh, St. Albert Dodge for doing that. As we are going to focus on tonight's NHL game, the Calgary Flames and Florida Panthers. So, Lorian, question for you to start. So this is uh, two teams. They made a big blockbuster trade prior to last season. So they have played each other a couple of times already in the sense that it's Matthew Kachuk, Jonathan Huberto, the main pieces, Mackenzie Weger as well, the main pieces of the puzzle for the trade. How long are, when you're playing in an X team, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Matthew Kachuk, strong roots, played many years, you know, in Calgary. Same yeah. thing with Jonathan Huberto, many years in Florida, had a 100-point season. Uh do you still have that little, you know, maybe a vibe? Do you get that feeling that, yeah, you know what, I'm playing my old team? How, how do you think that goes as as an elite athlete? That's a really great question. And there's there's a couple of ways it can go. And a jersey is a jersey. That's what my coach always said to me. When you're playing with a team, you got to be all in. Yeah, there's some nostalgia from playing other teams, and it is what it is. But when you show up, you've got to play and bring your A game. You've got to always, always bring out your best. And it doesn't matter if you've played on another team before, if it's a new trade, or if it was a year ago. How about this? Matthew Kachuk wanted out of Calgary. Jonathan mm-hmm. Huberto didn't want out of Florida. Mm-hmm. What about that dynamic? It is what it is. <laughs> and this is what 
I'm going to be direct. If, if you were to throw a little truth serum into the Jonathan Huberto, he would tell you without question, I wish I would still be in Florida. Yep. Yep. There's always dynamics. There's always politics. There's always teams that are going to be super awesome fits. And sometimes you are going to get traded. It is what it is. So I think you got to harvest the good and go, you know what? There is something really good that will come out of this. And sometimes we got to look deeper than what is the obvious. So the question becomes then, what's the Mm non-obvious for him? And can he find it? Duke, what did you make of Florida on Saturday night? 5-1 at Rogers Place. Really kind of manhandled the Oilers in the sense that the game wasn't even close. Carter Verhage had two goals. Very quietly, probably the the most quietest of 15 goal men in the NHL. But what did you make of that game on Saturday? The game itself, I mean, we that's the Panthers team that I think most people know uh, and expect on a night-to-night basis. They have a lot of guys that can that can produce points both up front and from the back end. Like like Brandon Montour scored seventy points, seventy plus points last season. Uh, There's a guy who had, I believe had never topped forty previously, or maybe just crept up on that mark. Um, you throw an Aaron Ekblad in that mix too, and, and obviously the Panthers had a tough start to the season without both of those guys, but they're really rounding into form. And Bobrovsky is. I mean, the numbers don't really, really jump out at you, mm-hmm. but he's played 23 of their games thus far. Like, Stolar's in relief, just uh, just appearing in eight. It, he's he's a workhorse, and as they still await, you know, the future and the, the uncertainty around with Spencer Knight, who at his point looked like it, if they could ever find a way to get rid of Bobrovsky, he was disposable. That's not really the case anymore. Um, and you talk about Verhage like flying under the radar. I think he's done that for a number of years. Like this, yeah. this is a goal score. He, yeah. he, that's what he does best. Fifteen on the season, but uh, you can't look at the Panthers and not revel. At, it's the season Sam Reinhart's had. I think he's the, the headliner of it. Yes, Kachuk's still the heartbeat of the team, but when you have a guy up at near the top of the scoring race in the NHL, thirty-eight points for Reinhart this year, seventeen goals. Um, he's a guy that you're going to have to keep uh, keep an eye on. And the Flames continue to plug along, um, sitting just ahead of the Oilers in the standings right now. This is a game on home ice um, with the Panthers on this, you know, long Western road trip that you think you'd want to try and take advantage of. Um, Igor Sharangovich, flaming hot right mm-hmm. now. Uh, no pun intended, playing for the, the Calgary Flames. Six goals in his last five. So um, I would say Sharangovich and, and Reinhardt are my probably two guys to watch tonight. Sam Reinhart is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. He's making six and a half million. What do you think he gets next year? He is still just 28, 28 years, years old. old. He's um, in a position to, this is going to be a big deal for the, him. It, all things would point towards a max term contract as a UFA, uh, seven, uh, seven or eight years. Uh, I don't know if Florida's in a position to retain him. I don't know if they are. I I don't think so, uh, based on the aforementioned Bobrovsky contract. Uh, Of course, we know what they gave to Kachuk, uh, or technically Calgary gave to him, and then they acquired Mm -hmm. in the sign-in trade. Um, Ekblad's deal on the back end. Barkov's big new contract kicking in. It's 10 mil. It. It's like he's going to be looking at a seventy seven year deal, probably in the neighborhood of. I would think. No, I don't know. I was going to say eight to nine million dollars, um, and I just don't think that really fits into Florida's plans. And because he he does do thing a few different things well, like he's added that actual finishing touch, uh, coming up out of junior, like 
obviously he was a second round pick, very high profile player from out in Kootenay. Like he was profiled as more of a playmaker, yeah. um, but he's added that scoring touch to his game. He can play a little bit grittier too. He's got size to him. Um, he's a guy I think almost any of the other 31 teams would love to add into their lineup. So I'm, I would think about seven years between eight and $9 million per. Florida comes into this one, Lorianne. 21st in goals per game at three, 25th in goals allowed per game. So, I mean, their their goals for and goals against differential isn't the greatest. Uh, the, they are 10th in the penalty kill, but uh, Sergei Bobrovsky's 14-8-1. His goals against average is 2.49. His save percentage is 9-11. He's allowed 13 goals over his last five games, but he's given up four in those two of those contests. So I, I think this is a situation where, again, Depending on who they play in goal tonight, it will be interesting to see. But I, uh, Florida, they went to the Stanley Cup last year. Mm-hmm. Now, and I think uh, we asked this, uh, we had a couple guests on from Florida last week. So for you, do you see, and I, I kind of, I said, is there a Stanley Cup final hangover? And they were like, no, not not really. So, but do you think when a team goes as far as it did last year, mm-hmm. um, What's that take? What kind of tolls that take the following year? And how does a team respond to having a deep playoff run, I guess, to going, you know, playing a lot of playoff games and having, you know, you're playing right to the very end? Well, you got to play right to the end. And it's just, what do you want to do? It's doing the reset every game, coming back. And it's just, how do we want to function and perform as a team? I think that's the biggest thing. The mindset is going to be playing the most into every game that they do. And if you start thinking a little further down the line, you can actually lose the game, Mm -hmm. but you just got to take it one game at a time from the mindset point of view. Physically, everybody's going to be pretty much at the same level, same ability, but what you do when the time counts and when it matters the most is what's going to be. So it's just, you got to be in the present moment, be on the ice and in the game. We were talking about the uh, trade uh, between Florida and uh, Calgary. Matthew Kachuk is having an off year right now. He's only got five goals in 30 games played. So that's well below what his standard is. So about how would you say if a guy's a guy like Matthew Kachuk, he's one of the top power forwards going in the league when he's on his game. He's off his game, so what would a guy like that have to do? Maybe it's a game back in Calgary that gets him on track. That's exciting to think about and exciting to see what's going to happen because tonight could be the night. Um, I think it's really when you're off your game, I think you have to go back, and we've talked about this before on other Mondays, is go back to the basics. When things are working, are you aware of what you were doing? Sometimes it could be reviewing some of the tape from the past games when, yeah, you were unstoppable, you were on fire, you were scoring, and it's about bringing those things back. Um, Yeah, maybe coming back to Calgary, he's got a point to prove. Calgary's ranked 20th in goals per game, uh, but 28th on the power play, just 12%, which is kind of mind-boggling again. Uh, Dan Valadar had 31 saves as the Calgary Flames beat Tampa Bay on Saturday night. So they come on in a bit of a roll. Uh, Jacob Markstrom's returned from the injured reserve will likely be back between the pipes. We'll see on that one. Uh, so very interesting goaltending matchup. Uh, Markstrom, so he took the shot off his his blocker uh, hand, blocker hand uh, in practice. Yeah, but 
you know, I mean, we were talking with Grant Fear about that. Like a fluke you know, injury. Just like total fluke. The, 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 the chances of that happening are so rare. Because even on today's equipment, the protection, even if you don't take it square off the face of a blocker, like if you take it off the, the side of your hand, like your, your hand's turned up, um, kind of pointing out towards the boards, it's still very well guarded. And even the tops of your fingers have mm-hmm. little little guards over them on the, on the new equipment. So it is um, very odd how that injury occurred, but glad to see he's uh, very close to a return uh, tonight, even being a possibility, I believe. Uh, and I, this, to, to wrap it up, Kevin, mm-hmm. we were talking about the, the Panthers and, you know, Sam Reinhardt as a UFA. Their entire roster is almost due up this year. Uh, Nick Cousins, Steve Lorenz, Kevin Stenland, Anton Lundell, and uh, Jonah Gajovic, uh, RFAs, Ryan Lomberg, and then the back end, Montour, Forsling, OEL, Kulikov, uh, who was just brought in as a rental, and Josh Mahura. Uf or RFA too, so um, you know you you hate to put like matter of fact statements on teams, but this is kind of like their window. This this is the Panthers team this year, and like yes, they have the ability to retool pretty quickly because there'll be a lot of money available. But almost all those guys are going to be getting raises, not um, discounts uh, on their current numbers. So it. Um, Kind of do or die time for the Panthers, and uh, they're right in the mix, currently tied for second in yeah. the uh, in their division. But uh, they'd love to to try and chase down Boston in that top spot. General Manager Bill Zito has some uh, decisions to make. Uh, that's been the game of the day, brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. They have 165 Ram 1500s, all dressed up and waiting for you with an incredible 20% off MSRP. It's a saving up to fourteen thousand dollars. When we come back, Jenna Ortiz. From Arizona Central, as we discuss what's going on with the Coyotes. Are they going to have a new facility? Are they going to play Mullet Arena for the rest of their lives? No. But uh, that's coming up right after the break. Kevin Carey, Florian Munzer on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Time now for the uh, Puck Report. Brought to you by Fountain Tire. Fountain Tire is more than just tires. They offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics. Visit FountainTire.com to see all the mechanical services that they offer as we welcome in Jenna Ortiz from Arizona Central. And um, you're with uh, Kevin Carey, Slorianne Munzer. Good morning, Jenna. Thanks for coming on. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, What's it been like, I guess, to cover this team in uh, Arizona? And the Coyotes are playing some pretty good hockey, uh, coming off a big win uh, against Buffalo. Just your overall thoughts and what where this team is kind of situated uh, heading into the Christmas break here. Yeah, honestly, I mean, this team has been full of a lot of surprises this year. There's been some ups and downs, but, um, I mean, lately there's been some ups. So it's been really interesting to see how much they've grown over a season. So Coyotes with a big win over Buffalo. What can you tell us about this last win over the Sabres? Yeah, honestly, I mean, the Sabres had the Coyotes number a lot in the past. And so to see them come out on top with a shutout was surprising, but also just a sign of where they're at right now. I mean, Karel Vimelka had a big, big bounce-back game for him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had a win since October 21st. So that was a huge, huge thing for him, and I think everybody was just so excited to see him have that sort of big game. Uh, Jenna Ortiz, Arizona Central, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with Lorianne Munzer. Uh, what's the, the goaltending situation with Vimelka coming back here and playing a little bit better recently, but kind of touch on the situation in between the pipes for the Coyotes. Yeah. So it started out as a rotation between Connor Ingram and Karel Vimelka. Um, but then once 
Connor Ingram started to emerge as that number one starter and Vimelka started to struggle, um, they started to just go for the usual, you know, Ingram was number one and then Vimelka was number two, so he would only play in backup situations. Um, I still think there's trending towards the trending towards Ingram being as that number one goaltender, but if Vimelka keeps you know, emerging somehow, maybe they might go back to the rotation. Um, it's a very fluid situation, mm-hmm. as we've heard from Andre Tourney about how they plan to manage the goaltending situation. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes as the season progresses. Jenna, it's Lorianne here. Um, you were talking about surprises this season and the team has grown especially. What are you seeing the most as being the biggest surprises that are coming out right now? What have you seen? Can you talk about that? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things to see this year. Um, I mean, one of the biggest surprises, honestly, could be Michael Carcone hmm. and how he's emerged from being, you know, in the American Hockey League. He was the top scorer last year. He had some spurts where he would come up with the Coyotes we only saw him a limited amount of games last year, but he's been up and he's just been leading the way for all the goal scorers on the team, which has been surprising. But, um, you know, he he's just really worked his way to the top and he's just made a, made a home for himself here in Arizona. So that's been a big surprise, I would say. Jen Ortiz, Arizona Central, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with Lorianne Munzer. Michael Kesslering uh, got uh, traded from Edmonton and um, to Arizona. He's be- played about 14, 15 games with the Coyotes this year. What have you seen from this young defenseman? Honestly, he's really stepped up because um, it's just been, it was really hard on the defense early on when Sean Dersey went out because um, he's been a really big, he's been a really big factor this year. So Kesslering has been able to step up. He's he's out, he's playing more of a two-way game, which has been good for them. Um, I mean, he's really getting to the net. He's just done a lot of great things for them, and he's been, you know, I think not everybody can always see it, but I think he's been a very big factor, and he's just been growing even more and more. You think he has a regular spot there moving forward? Um, he really could, honestly. Because he's been playing more and more, and they've been scratching um, Josh Brown in favor of him. So I think he really could have a, a spot being on the defense. Jen Ortiz, Arizona Central, is our guest on Sports 1440. What can you say about the play of the leading goal scorer uh, for the Coyotes, Clayton Keller? Uh, a smaller forward, but boy, he, he really gets his nose in there, and he's really uh, one of the top uh, offensive players in the league. Uh, what have you seen from him as his game continues to evolve? Yeah, one of the things we saw against Buffalo was, um, I mean, there's been a lot of changes on the top line this year, especially with Barrett Hayton, who's going to be out with a longer-term injury. But um, there's been a lot of changes, but he really worked well with Alex Kerfoot. He's been a really good addition. I mean, they really play off well in each other. They had a really good goal together when Keller um, capitalized off of a really crazy turnover. And so they've been able to feed off of each other. I mean, Keller and Schmaltz cannot be broken up either, but I think it was just finding that right person to play with them, and so far it might be Kerfoot playing on that top line with them. We'll see. It always changes, but 
He's been able to persist through those changes. Any team in the NHL is is looking to reduce or eliminate any injuries with their players. Can you speak to some of the injuries the team has had and are they any of the players expected to come back before Christmas or just after Christmas here? What are you seeing? Yeah, so they've been they've been hit with some some injuries so far. Um I mean, I I've seen Sean Dersey has been on the ice um, a little bit from his injury. He's been day-to-day, so maybe he will be back before Hmm. Christmas. I can't guarantee anything. That would probably be the only injury that is um, progressing well. I mean, uh, yeah, Barrett Hayton won't be out, won't be back at all. Um, Travis Boyd as well. They both are going to be more longer term. So it's just, yeah, There's there's been a lot of injuries, but um, I would say Sean Dersey might be the hmm. next person to be back. Jen Ortiz, Arizona Central, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with Lorianne Munzer on Sports 1440. Uh, off the ice, what can you tell us? What direction is this franchise uh, heading into? What's been going on with uh, possibilities of uh, a new building, a new complex, a new district? Uh, any update on that, Jenna? Um, the only thing I have been told um, directly is that you know, they're, they're working on something right now. And, you know, they can't publicly comment on where they're at at all or anything like that, but they seem to be in positive spirits um, ahead of it. So, yeah, I mean, it would probably be a lot of us are expecting this maybe at the beginning of the new year or maybe Hmm. around that time. Do you, uh, but we, yeah, we can't. We, yeah, we're kind of left in the dark a little. And I mean, we've been talking about this for a long, long time, Jenna. So I mean, do people down there? What's the you know what uh, meter at? Like, do they want to see hockey succeed in in Arizona? W- what can you say about that? Yeah, I think people really do want to see it succeed. Um, as you've seen in the past, I mean, I think people tend to gravitate towards teams that do better and all that. So as this team starts to win more games, that'll really drive more people around. Um, especially like in Arizona, I think a lot of fans like to, you know, um, rally around a team that's doing better. So if, you know, they continue to win more, people are going to start to notice. They're going to be like, Hey, because there really are, there is a group of diehards around here. And so if there's a bigger rink and in a, better location for everyone um then i mean i think people will start to start to go to the games more if yeah. that happens well having the support of this in the stands and and at the games is is huge because it creates an energy um tomorrow night's game who should we be watching on the ice tomorrow night oh boy it'll be it'll be an interesting game because it's jacob chickren's first game back um in Arizona since he was traded last year. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on that. But um, for Arizona, I mean, Matias Michelli has just been a revelation this year. I mean, he, he was great last year as well. And he was left off the Calder finalists. But um, 
he's just been even better this year, which is crazy to imagine, but he's just that playmaker. He's able to make everyone around him better. He's been shooting more, so he's been scoring more goals as well. So that is somebody really to always watch. Hey, Jenna, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate your time. Uh, uh, have a ho- happy holiday season uh, to you and yours. Uh, thanks for coming on this morning. Thank you so much. That's Jenna Ortiz, Arizona Central, and our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. Text coming in, one 401 Corey asks... Uh, because we were talking about it in our uh, St. Albert Dodge game of the day. Sam Reinhart or Willie Nylander? Who would you rather have? Duke. What do you think of that one? That's a tough one. And they're both uh, coming up, uh, you know, with big contracts for next year. Nylander's, uh, I mean, what are they going to do with them? I mean, they can't, there's another situation where how do you even afford him in Toronto? Yeah, I, I don't see it, – it's tough because it's so funny how the narrative in Toronto has changed on a year-to-year basis about who is the, you know, the the guy on the outside looking in in terms of, you know, because they, they cannot afford to keep all of them. They're, they're no. quote-unquote big four up front with uh, Matthews, of course, with the new contract. He's not going anywhere. Tavares, I have to think he'd be the guy they'd like to move on from based on age and cap hit, but nobody's going to take that deal no. because of the, the ludicrous number that he was originally signed to. And that leaves Marner and Nylander and – up to last season, it was discuss- like Mitch Marner, probably the best player on this team. And now fast forward to present day where that's really been taken over by Willie Nylander. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, Austin Matthews kind of back to the, the forefront as well after what is, you know, <laughs> by probably his own standards, a bit of a down year last season. So I think I would take Reinhardt yep. based off the fact that his number isn't uh. going to be as <laughs> staggering. See, I'm going Nylander. I yeah. think Nylander's probably the better overall player yeah. in the longer term better player and maybe more of an individual play driver. But uh, if if he's if he's going to be a complementary piece mm-hmm. to to the rest of you know a team's superstars and not be the number one guy, I think I like Reinhardt more because it will come at what I project to be a more stomachable um, cap hit. Mm-hmm. But that that is purely because I, I think Nylander is going to be well over ten million dollars, um, possibly. Like, and it might just strictly be due to profile. Like playing in Toronto, you get a lot more limelight and shine for what you're accomplishing yeah. than Reinhardt's going to get in Florida this season. So, um, but, but I, I don't think you're going to probably go wrong either way. And the problem is that both those contracts are probably going to be long, very expensive, and by the tail end of them, might not necessarily be looking so good, like so many others that we see signed uh, in today's NHL. Text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Positive Bronte fan says, uh, and we're talking about training, Lorianne. Uh, mm-hmm. A hockey game to me. Uh, I played hockey a lot of it here. Uh, this is from Positive Bronte, uh, not just super high level, but it's a lot like sprint practice. A good example would be wind sprints when you go hard for five eight seconds, then coast for ten fifteen, then go hard again for five eight seconds, and alternate that for a minute minute and a half, then a rest. It helps build strength and endurance. Hockey players are sprinters, but on the ice, and they basically do an hour of wind sprints training every game. So, again, it's you are going pretty hard. And I always, one of the hardest things when you play hockey is when you are engaging with a you know you know a a competitor and uh, on the opposition because that's those are hard seconds, hard minutes when you're battling and uh, you know in front of the net, in the corner, whatever it is, because. That's when you are taxing your body, taxing your endurance, your strength. Yep. That's when you're all in, yep. and you you have no choice. Either you you give in, or you go all in, and it's one or the other. There is no halfway on that. 
And speaking of that, this comes from Snipes. Duke should do a VO2. <laughs> how do you think Duke would how do you think Duke would handle that? I think he would be a pro. I oh, think he would have way better not, results. Not, he, no way. I think he might have been uh, yeah. getting into something a little uh, psychedelic this morning, Lorianne. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about the Monarch bike, those beautiful white bikes with the blue upright handles. You can position them anywhere, and you're just like white-knuckled, giving it they, everything that you Do the handles got. have tassels on the end of them? Because they that's should. A, that's about the they only should. bike I'd be capable of riding. <laughs> How do you think you would handle a VO2, Duke? Especially after last night's just stalwart effort with eight eight players on the there top is of no way to answer this question other than incredibly poorly. Like this is something that the best athletes in the world do, and Lorianne just told us it had an Olympic gold medalist seeing spots and seeing dots, spots and dots, and you're telling me this scrub that plays beer league hockey, a couple seasons removed from playing one year of senior A hockey, now works on the radio, is going to be able to do this and not literally keel over and die? I don't think you will. My money is totally on you for that. Do you know where we could do this? Well, I did it at U of A, yeah. Well, check check in with uh, our buddy Connor Hood and see if he can uh, line something (laughs) up for us. That'd be a a great content piece. How about that, Kev? All the producers of Sports 1440 go in for a a VO2 Max session. I think we all should. See who's supreme. Well, there's three. Well, okay, I, I would put you on the podium. You're, 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 Thanks. I, I could see you being a silver medalist here. A silver medalist, yeah, even silver. Do you think I'd beat Connor? Yeah, he's he's not even on the podium. He's well. There's only three of us. That's so. what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I, I my money would be uh, D, uh, DNF did yeah. not finish. No, uh, uh, no bronze medal. Freddie Krueger though, I think would probably be. Yeah, he's in pretty good shape. That guy. Not bad. Yeah. But again, he probably wouldn't show up. Hey, oh, <laughs> depending on what time we scheduled it at, I guess. At seven twenty in the morning, Declan, can you come for your VO two? Yeah, I'm Not bringing happening. the buckets. Then he's a maybe. Do you hear that? Yeah. Oh, bring in the buckets. Bring it and bring several because yes. I'll fill a few. Yep, yep. Well, I've got you on the middle spot on the podium. Oh my god, I'm saying gold. gold. No gold. Oh come oh, on. Oh gold. No, no, no. Uh, all the way. Yeah, I'm built different. So, like, you wouldn't know what to look at me, but I am really tough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, boy. We better get to break here. When we come back, it is, are you in or are you out? And we'll do that with Lorianne Munzer and uh, right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. 940 in Edmonton. Looking at a high of plus three today. Weather is just unbelievable for this time of the year, Lorianne. This is very, very strange. I'm trying to remember, like last year at this time, I think it was mild as well but not like this no we were covered with a little bit of white not a lot but just seeing green is just i think everyone would like a little bit more snow right now i think so i think so i think we're going to wake up on christmas and it's going to be white i don't think we've got any snow in the forecast that i can see uh right up until christmas and we're looking at a high even of uh on wednesday five plus five on wednesday Seven on Thursday, and then the weekend's here, so Christmas is, uh, you know, right around the corner. But looking at uh, basically, I don't know, minus six or so, I think that's what they're saying for Christmas Day. Amazing, really amazing. So, one of these days we're going to have to have the, the weather part of the inner or the out, I think. I think so. I think that would be a good one. Wouldn't that be something? But the Duke was up all night again after his Tropicana Orangeman game. Fired up five outstanding topics for are you in or are you out? 
we had some great time. We're about to have some more. I know that look. I'm putting together a team. Then I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I'm out. Is the Duke on a VO2 machine? Are you in or are you out? I'm out. I am, I am as out as out can be on that one. But we'll uh, we'll get your guys' opinions on the fresh batch of statements that I drummed up here for a Monday morning. Uh, we are one week away from Christmas Day, and I'm saying that the top of every Oilers fan list to Santa Claus should be the addition of another top six forward. Oh, well... Another tough one to start, Duke, but I'm going to say I am out on this. I think there are other, I mean, the depth in the bottom six is probably more of a priority. Goaltending is going to be talked about until something happens. That's just the way it is. So the top priority would be not a top six forward. In my mind, it would be probably a little more depth, some size, maybe more size, uh, especially on the fourth line. It's just a little smaller. So I'm going to say I am out on uh, a week from Christmas. The top of every Oilers fan list should be an additional top six forward. I'm out. I'm out as well. And thinking about this, uh, I would put in a wish list of a little more D going on. You want some D. Yep. Okay. Some more defense. Uh, yeah. Like another defenseman or just the team playing better defense? Well, playing, uh, playing, okay. Playing defense. So, I, and again, the, the top six uh, with Dylan Holloway, they got to see what they got with this guy too. He comes back, he pushes the, uh, he'll figure it, if, if he can come back and be a contributor. Now you've got that guy possibly for that role, yep. or if he's not, then he's pushing a guy like Connor Brown to get his game back. And, and figure out what he can do and contribute in a top six role or it's Warren Fogle or someone. I think the answer lies within with a top six forward. Mm-hmm. Number two for you, uh, if the NHL season were to end today, I'm saying that John Tortorella and his Philadelphia Flyers sitting in second place in the Metro Division would be taking home the Jack Adams Trophy for the league's top coach. Go ahead, Monster. I'm going to go out. I don't know enough about this guy. Um, I'm going, you've obviously picked him for a reason. I don't know what it is. So I'm going to tap out. Do you know what you need to do, Lorianne, is go Google uh, John Tortorella and Larry Brooks from the New York Post. (laughs) I think New York Post, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just go go watch that exchange and you'll you'll go. Great question, Brooksy. (laughs) Oh, boy, yeah. So... Okay. They never really got along when he was in New York. You could but say But I think that. there was a mutual respect, maybe. <laughs> well, I don't maybe know. Maybe that puts it, that's a little too cookie yeah. cutter. Um, <laughs> I'm out on this uh, because I would say if the season were to end today, I'm taking Rick Tockett in Vancouver as the uh, Jack Adams uh, trophy winner, the coach of the year. Torts, I, I like torts. I've always liked them. And again, if you do a deep dive into this guy, Mm-hmm. He, he, you're going to like him too. That's and I just wanted you to look at that one, and that's just one example about. And I think he's mellowed a lot. Since well, he's then. changed, right? And that's something that I think puts because he's still an old school coach, 
But whether it was when he went to Columbus Mm -hmm. and uh, helped kind of turn them around uh, before leaving town, now in Philly, like he has adapted the way he coaches to be a more modern day guy and he doesn't he isn't quite as snarly and he he's still got some pep to his step and a little a little bite to him but he he's not he's not in the same vein as a Mike Babcock or some of these other guys who show have shown that they're not willing to change to mm-hmm. today's NHL Tortorella has and like the Flyers were projected to be a last place team not just in their division not just in their conference but potentially in the NHL yep. And they now uh, are 17, 10, and 3, like I said, second place in the division, comfortably in a, well, not that comfortably, but in a playoff mm-hmm. spot. Um, it, it's blowing me away. And yes, Talkett has done a phenomenal job with Vancouver. But I think that the storyline of a team that's supposed to be bad playing well, I think that tends to capture the hearts of uh, voters a little more consistently than just teams being good. I, again, it's a great question. Great. I think he's right up there. Another thing about Torts is that people don't know about is that he's a big horseman. Like he's got horses and he, he'll, he'll take horses that have been um, neglected mm-hmm. and get them back to perfect health. Wow. Yeah. So he, he does that a lot. And uh, that's not an easy feat. No, that's and that's a something right there. Yeah. He, so he's he's top of the heap in my books. Okay, I'm gonna go check him out after this. Okay. Number three, before we steer away from the uh, idea of coaches and their success rates, uh, Shane Steichen in his first year as head coach of the Indiana- Indianapolis Colts, uh, coming over from the Philly Eagles in the off season. Uh, I'm gonna say that uh, in a few weeks' time, or about a month's time, when the finalists for NFL's Coach of the Year are announced, Shane Steichen will be a finalist among them. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I'm, I'm in on that. I, I like the way he's uh, put this team together. They've had a lot of injuries. I mean, Taylor's been out basically for most of the year. Lost their new the, franchise quarterback lost, in the first couple weeks of yeah, the season. Lost that, and then. But I mean Gardner Minshew. I mean he's playing great. He's a baller. He he is a great quarterback to pinch in, like to, just to come in. Uh, if you got a guy that's a backup like that and comes in and and leads a team, he's a leader. So I'm going to go. I'm in on this. I like the the fact. I like what what's brewing in in Indy. They've got. I mean Pittman went down though too now. Yeah. So tough. that's going to be tough. But they've got a, a decent defense. Uh, they've got some playmakers on offense, and I think he's kind of holding it all together here. So I'm going to go. I, I agree with you on this one. I'm going to say I'm in that he will uh, finish as a finalist for the NFL Coach of the Year. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon here that uh, Kevin is on, and I'm going to go, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Again, I don't know a whole lot about him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many games on the Monday night football to to watch, um, or Sunday night there, and um but they've got an eight and six record, yeah. lots of controversies with the injuries. To be able to pull a team back says a lot. Who well, I mean, Detroit, you got to look at. Campbell, uh, what, you, know. you talk about injuries and kind of overcoming yeah. adversity. Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland, uh, I think, has obviously done a really good job. Mm-hmm. Mike McDaniels, uh, even Harbaugh in Baltimore, like they're the one seed. Like there's a lot of really good. D'Amico Ryans yeah. in Houston. Zach Taylor and Cincy. There's a lot of really good options this year, but I just think the Colts, once again, were a team profiled out to I'd probably finish, well, right there with the Texans for last in their mm-hmm. division. Um, and they're tied in the lead uh, for the for that same AFC South right now. So I, I love what he's done there in Indy, kind of keeping the team motivated and moving. But 
also coming out of this weekend's NFL slate, the Houston Texans taking on the Tennessee Titans, but the Titans took on the look of their franchise's predecessor, the Houston Oilers with the color scheme logo and even the Oilers name across the end zones. I'm saying that when a franchise relocates, the jerseys, logos, names should remain property of the original city and not the owner slash franchise. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, I was so confused watching that game yesterday. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, I had to look at it about 10 times and go, okay, who's, wait a second. I just couldn't get past it. The fact that, so yeah. Tennessee had the baby blues, Houston. Yeah. They had the, the, the Derek on the, on the jerseys, uh, on their helmets, but they're playing in Houston. And I mean, I just couldn't get past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm in on this. I, I think they got to, they got to, they can't do that. They can't be, because yeah. it, it's similar to the Carolina Hurricanes wearing Hartford Whalers jerseys yeah. and colors, um, the, the Avalanche going with the Nordiques. Even the, I mean, this isn't the same franchise, uh, more so. This, this is kind of more true to it, but like the San Jose Sharks rocking the Golden Seals. That's what I like. I mm-hmm. like them doing that, not what Carolina and Colorado do. Because if Hartford should ever get an NHL city again, I don't think it's very likely, but let's say Quebec City, yeah. now what do they do? They're not allowed to be the Nordiques. There, but the NHL a little bit different because the NHL owned the name Jets, mm-hmm. and that's why Winnipeg was allowed to reclaim that title. But it, it gets it gets a little complicated. So I think just to be cut and dry, yeah, it should remain with as property of the city, not the not, not the, the team. Yeah, I'm in. I agree with that because it makes it too confusing, and then it's like. I'm still confused from yesterday. Still, yeah, <laughs> you didn't know what Houston team you were cheering I, for. It was just weird. Yeah, you know, and I, it, you, th- and I mean, you're a Houston fan, and my my Houston fandom obviously is much more recent, like yeah. the, this version of the Houston franchise being the Texans. Um, but I think that the longtime Houston football fans can't help but be a little envious because those Oilers uniforms mm-hmm. are slick and so, very sharp. So I think they wish they could wear those on the occasional throwback uh, week here or there. You were never a Houston Oilers fan? No, Houston, like okay. me me getting into the NFL didn't happen until kind of the late 2000s okay. um, when so, I kind of discovered it. So. Again, so for me, I mean, I'm thinking like Earl Campbell and mm-hmm. even Warren Moon a little bit, um, but thinking like, uh, you know, Clayton, Dupree, they had, they had some great receivers and things like that. So that's, to me, that's Houston. And I, I had a tough time watching that game, to be <laughs> honest with you. Well, on Friday when I was talking with Jason, we were talking about we think in pictures. Yeah. So you already have a pre-picture of what they look like. Yeah. So that's in your head, but then you have something different and it comes in and messes things up. All right, to wrap things up, we will, uh, as usual, steer away from the world of sports. Uh, Legendary director Steven Spielberg turned 77 years old today. A very large catalog of films that are much acclaimed, one of them being Jaws. But to me, Jaws does not even crack Steven Spielberg's top five of his best films. Oh, wow. It's a classic. Yes. It's a classic. Um, I can't believe you even put this in. (laughs) No. No, it's not even it, a question. It's in. It's it is. Like, I am so in on this. Like it's it's in the top three, not not even just top five. Mm. See, not for me. Like oh, it's, come, it's, we're gonna need a bigger boat, Duke. <laughs> that's classic. Yes, that's classic. But um, not for me. And maybe because it, like it, um, a large chunk of his films predate me, and I watched fair. them well after the fact. And you have to appreciate the um, the special effects and things given its time. But uh, like to me, like there's just a, a handful that are better. I would probably say it's six, 
No, it's top three for me. Absolutely. Top Absolutely. three. You know, come on, you got Quinn. Farewell and adieu to your fair Spanish lady. <laughs> Farewell and adieu, your lady of Spain. It's awesome. Wow. It's great. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm top three for that. So, I mean, what, what else you got? Probably got E.T. in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Everyone Saving Private there. Ryan. And this is where I this is where I'll probably disagree with a lot of people, but it's based once again on when I was born. Yeah. I love Jurassic Park. Okay, I think it is awesome. And you talk about the special effects and the animatronics. I think that took it to like a whole nother level based on like kind of what Jaws set up with the giant shark. Then you have these dinosaurs. Like it's like, it's insane. Uh, that movie was the Indiana Jones ones. Take your pick uh, of even like probably one or two of them, the two best ones to to throw in your top five or top. Uh, eight area maybe and so all these things uh, roll together that's why Jaws just falls out uh, of the top five for me I think there's always one that really sets the stage and catapults it that was the one for me that does it for Spielberg and it also like kept everybody out of the water that mm-hmm. summer oh. like that was just, I mean everybody was looking over their shoulder my friends did not go into the ocean yeah it was like not a chance because exactly. that music do yeah, I mean that's etched in our heads forever. I mean that the 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 one scene when they're in the boat and they're having a few pops, and they're talking about uh, when he delivered the bomb. You know, that's a great scene. The whole movie yeah. is awesome. It just leads up and leads up and leads up, and it makes me think about his first movie that really changed everything about the truck, the transport, and there's the guy in the car and the truck is coming up behind him. Yeah. And like, just the guys fishing, you know. <laughs> There's so many classic moments. Yes. Uh, good ones today, Duke. Very, very good. Uh, text coming in, one 401 1440 The U of A Sport and Health Assessment Center in the Butterdome will take care of the Duke for <laughs> VO2 Max. Highly recommend from Heavy Chevy. Someone's going to get you out there, Duke. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of red tape and uh, issues to forms to fill out and the like, waivers to sign. Lorian, you go. Like, with what if the I Duke? just what if I just keeled over? You won't. They wouldn't want to be responsible for well, that. Well, I'm sure so you'll have know. to sign a waiver. Exactly. But then who's going to come in and press your buttons for you, Kev? Did that fair, but you know, <laughs> just think about how you'll be fine by Monday. You're going to feel so good about yourself. <laughs> I doubt that. I think I'll feel pretty bad after. I wonder that. what day. Like, if we did it on a Monday after hockey, or like, how about just after Christmas? Like, you know, after you... Right when I'm nice and extra, like, even fatter than turkeys, I normally am. you know, turkey legs, the turkey sweat's coming out. Ooh. This is going to be good. It's exciting, Duke. I'm I'm really looking forward to this for you. <laughs> I'm sure you are too, Lorianne. Uh, thanks for coming in again, and have a great Christmas. What uh, what plans have you got kind of cooking here? We're gonna, here. Yeah? We're doing a bird family. So oh, going over to my sister-in-law's yeah. place. Should be a great day, and uh, we'll we'll be off a couple of weeks here. So couple you've of got weeks. you've got some time away from the Duke and I. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, so. we're, we'll set up the the VO two max. Yeah, you know. why not? It'll give me a couple of weeks to to get that set up. For oh, us. for sure. I think, Duke, you look I think good. Kevin like, should do one. I, I don't know. I, I think it should be the morning the crew. What if we What if we competed versus the okay. afternoon? I I'm okay with that. You think you? I mean, you're in good shape, Kev. Okay, so. What did you say? You're 29? 20, I'll be 20. 29 and then refresh in the new year here. Okay, so there's a few age, like a little bit of a difference here. <laughs> what? 
Well, it doesn't matter. You look so spry. I'd never believe it. It's like 30 years difference, <laughs> man. So what you want? Like you want yeah, basically like you want uh, some points like. No, uh, I'm you, fine. You, I'll, I'll, I'm you, fine. Do it straight up. I would need a little bit of training. Nah, just do it. Just don't even worry about Here's the, the training. Thing. If I, if we were to set this date, okay. like even if it was a month or two down the road and I would be like, you know what? I'm going to train. <laughs> be ready for this. I wouldn't. There's like, I would, it, just do, just, it, you it would, would go ahead and just do it cold. It, well, like I would tell myself like, oh, I should maybe like, or going for some jogs or uh, heading yeah. to the gym and or sitting on the, the bike or the going to one of Lorianne's spin classes. But like, I tell myself that, but I wouldn't do it. So, okay. When you, when you do this thing, how many, is it like? You right? do one. How, what's that? You just do, do one. one. But I mean, how many minutes would it be? It's not even going to be a minute. Well, Duke can handle like that. It's, it's like a sh- an ice shift. That's it. Like you're going to ace this one here. These guys are talking about taking penalties, sitting in the penalty box so they don't have to go on the ice. <laughs> that is what I think they were up to. They're like, I need a break, so I'm just going to take a penalty. Uh, I took no penalties, which is rare. I'm a, I'm a penalty guy. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, VO2 Max Challenge. Sounds like a fundraiser from Reed, the brew crew. Ooh, that could be good. Oh, I don't know. Uh, thanks for coming in. Have a great Christmas. Great to Kath. see you. Thank uh, good you. Good seeing you. So take care. Safe uh, holiday season for you. Uh, when we come back, we will have a little uh, open text time. A few coming in on this VO2 stuff. Uh, we'll talk a little NFL with Chris Franklin from uh, NewJersey.com. NJ, what is it? Just a, is that a, just a website? NJ.com. NJ.com covers the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so he makes his debut on Sports 1440. Uh, that's coming up after the break. Uh, before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update. Here is the Duke.